The perfect combination of versatile athleisure and training apparel has arrived. Thanks to the visionary minds of New Balance, Clutch Athletics, and Rich Paul, the designs reflect the heart of the athlete and the spirit of the community. With rising defensive stars Will Anderson and Chase Young on the roster, Clutch Athletics brings the best innovative gear to all athletes, giving them style and performance on and off the field. Learn more and purchase Clutch Athletics at NewBalance.com. The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped with everything you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend with your family. The all-new Hyundai Santa Fe's features like available H-Track all-wheel drive, standard third-row seating, available dual wireless charging pads ensure you can take on any adventure. Available H-Track all-wheel drives you can take on the dirt trails and kick up some mud. Standard third-row seating so your whole family can experience the thrill together. Available dual wireless charging pads so no one gets stuck in the great outdoors with a dead phone. Whether you're tailgating out in the dirt lot, Carter Finley, shout out Carter Finley, or whether you're whitewater rafting, taking the entire family on an adventurous trip, maybe you're out camping at Mount Rogers. I used to go as a kid, wish my parents had a Hyundai Santa Fe. The Hyundai Santa Fe is perfect for your family outing. Learn more about the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Big Six Podcast, CBS Sports Daily NFL Podcast. I'm over and I'm your host. Woo-hoo! We got an emergency podcast. Sean Payton It's going to be the next code coach of the Denver Broncos. Joining me to break it down, Tyler Sullivan, a.k.a. Sully, what's up, buddy? It's always a treat to do two podcasts with you in one day, Will. And we I love it when it's an emergency one as well. We're, we're, what's, you're going to get a third one, I probably. Because <laughs> uh, there's some more coaching news. We will get to that in a minute. But for right now, here is... Uh, this happened out of nowhere. You know, you know what I find out there's, um, so, you know, you get, you get, uh, you get tweet, you get Twitter alerts for certain people when you do yeah. this job. Um, if you're messing around in your DMS, you can, um, you can like sometimes, like if you're just messing around on Twitter, sometimes your, uh, like alerts will disappear off your phone. Mm-hmm. And so our boss, he came, was like, emergency. He's like, here we go. I thought he was making fun of me for asking, like, what we needed to wear at the Super Bowl. No, he's like, here we go with the emergency podcast. And um, so, yeah, it happened kind of quickly, as it does. Joining us to jump in on the topic, by the way, John Breach in a second. What's up, Breach? Take your time. Hey, guys. Ready? Long time no see. Long time no see. Been a while. So, here's the deal. The, Sa- the Broncos have and the Saints have finalized a trade to send Sean Payton to Denver. Denver will give up its 2023 first-round pick. You may say, wait, they traded those for Russell. They got one back in the Bradley-Chubb trade. So it's really Miami's pick. It's not that great a pick. They're giving a 2023 first-round pick, as well as a 2024 second-round pick for Sean Payton and the Saints' 2024 third-round pick. That is, I mean... Look, if you're the Saints, you feel really good about this because you just you didn't have a first-round pick next year because you gave it to the Eagles in the deal to move up in the draft. You have now added a first-round pick. You have moved on from Sean Payton, who was not coming back to New Orleans in the first place. And you also added a second-round pick in the following season while also you know just giving up a guy who's under contract who, again, you weren't going to 
use as a coach moving forward um, and a third round pick in 2024. I feel like that's a pretty good, we'll get to the other stuff, but just in terms of the compensation, Sully, how do you feel about that as a haul from like the Saints perspective versus what Denver had to give up? Yeah, I think it's a great haul because you think of it in, in these terms. Sean Payton was never going to coach the New Orleans Saints ever again. The, the best asset that they had was that he was under contract and under team control. And yes, he is dictating where he wanted to go. Obviously, they weren't going to just trade him to uh, any old team. He wanted to go to the Denver Broncos. He is now being the head coach of the Denver Broncos. But to be able to get a first-round pick back, and again, it's number 29 overall. It's not like they're getting inside the top five or anything like that. But I don't think anybody thought that was going to be the case, right? I don't think that even if the Arizona Cardinals or, or teams that were higher up in the draft that were vying for Sean Payton, even the Houston Texans. I don't think any of us thought that they were going to give away a top five pick for him. I think it was going to be future considerations. So for them to still get a first round pick in that regard is a good, good haul for New Orleans. By the way, I should actually point out that this pick has now been in the possession of the 49ers and then the Miami Dolphins and then the Denver Broncos and then the New Orleans Saints. This pick has been in possession of like uh, 20, like 25% of the entire NFL. That's insane. So what you're and saying it, is it they're going to trade down real quick, Brenton. Uh, it went from the dolphins that went from the 49ers to the dolphins, to the Trey Lance trade. Yep. Then it went to the Broncos and the Bradley Chubb trade. And now it is going to the saints and the Sean Payton trade. So that is, that is, that is a recycled pick. Everyone's going to piece that promiscuous pick this number 29. And it'll actually be the number 28 pick because the dolphins had to forfeit their own first round pick in this, in this draft. So it'd be the 28th overall player taken. Wow. Um, so yeah, I uh, breach. What do you think about this this compensation here? Uh, I think I love it. If I'm the Broncos, absolutely. I know that you know we had Sean Payton say on he told Colin Coward, "Look, uh, I talked to Mickey Loomis. I think uh, it's going to be for a mid first round pick." So obviously that was the Saints' asking price. And then you had a couple of leaks coming out that said the Saints wanted a little bit more than that. They're going to try and get two first round picks. No one's going to give up two first round picks for Sean Payton because that's just too high of an asking price for any NFL head coach. And so if you're the Broncos. You're thinking if the asking price was mid first round pick, you're at the bottom of the first round. You're not, this is, if you're giving up a first round pick, 29, 30, 31, that's, that's completely fine. Cause that's almost a second round pick. Uh, so if I'm the Broncos, I am absolutely thrilled that the first round pick I'm giving up is at the bottom of the round. And then you look at, uh, you throw in the second round pick. And if you're the Broncos, you're thinking, well, we just hired Sean Payton. We think we're going to be good with Sean Payton. So now you're hoping that second round pick is in the bottom 50s or even in the 60s. And so, yeah, if you're the Denver Broncos, you are absolutely thrilled with this trade. But even if you're New Orleans, too, I think that you're happy with what you got back because if all of a sudden – Sean, I mean, there were rumors that Sean Payton was just going to go back to Fox and just continue his broadcasting career because things weren't lining up exactly how he wanted. And now if you're New Orleans, just sitting there with a huge asset and Payton just basically on the shelf, at least now you're, you are getting something that you can use for 2023 and beyond in, in, in draft picks. And first, you know, not that 29 can produce, you know, it's not as bona fide as a top 10 pick, but you could still find a legitimate stud there that could be a cornerstone for your franchise for years to come. And one thing that was kind of crazy about this whole Broncos coaching search is just how weird it had gotten. Because they originally talked to Peyton a while ago, and they had talked to Dan Quinn. Dan Quinn says, hey, I'm staying in Dallas. Uh, no one thought Tamiko Rhymes was going to end up in Denver because it was looked like it was going to be Houston or nothing. So you're the Broncos. You're down two candidates. It seemed like we had the report out that, that Peyton wasn't getting along with someone in the ownership group. That's what the Washington Post had reported, even though Sean Payton denied it on Twitter. They interviewed, uh, I think, Raheem Morris, Jim Caldwell, 
David Shaw, the former Stanford coach, they had a secret meeting with Jim Harbaugh. I mean, they were looking under every single stone. And to go back to the guy that I think we probably all thought they were going to hire when this started. Uh, you know, if you would have asked us two weeks ago, I think we probably would have said it was Sean Payton. But then a week later, it was like, well, this coaching search isn't going anywhere. What's happening? And now here we are uh, back where we started. So this is I think it's a great hire by the Broncos. And I'm very, very uh, anxious to see how much money the Broncos are paying Sean Payton. I bet it's $30 million at least. 30? Would be my guess. I mean, there's a chance we don't find that out, though. Probably won't find that out. Um, The, uh, I would guess that, I mean, look, like, I think that Sean, my my theory is this, that Sean Payton was not entirely sold on doing, on coaching the Broncos. That he was intrigued by coaching the Broncos, but he wanted the Chargers. However, he wasn't going to just bail, um, you know, like, he wasn't going to just bail completely, right? Um, because you can't be like, you can't act like you're going to leverage the Chargers. And then when the Chargers hire Kellen Moore and you're just like, well, I'm out, you know, you go through this process, you're talking with them. You are, you know, you're, you're, you're working, you're working with the Broncos on whatever, whatever. And they're like, listen, we, we will make, we will give you, they, they probably did what we thought David Tepper was going to do in, in an attempt to get Sean Payton, which is say, listen, we are worth 16. No, wait, what are they worth? Are they were $60 billion. Over $60 billion. Yeah, they're worth over $60 billion. Listen, we'll give you $30 million a year to coach the Broncos. We will give you a 10-year fully guaranteed contract. We will give you Russell Wilson, and you know, we'll give up what we need to give up. to get, if we'll, give a, we'll give the Saints a fair deal back, maybe overpay a little bit, and we will give you full and complete and total control of this organization for the next 10 years. And that's kind of crazy. But if you look at what Sean Payton did in New Orleans, and I realize that you know he had lean years, and if Ryan Wilson were here, he'd push back a, a, a quite a bit on me saying that Sean Payton's going to get guaranteed to build a winner. But you know, Russ was supposed to be like Drew Brees coming out, and he's he's older, of course. But this Russ is a he's not a bridge quarterback, but he is certainly a quarterback who, if Sean Payton believes in him, he can produce enough while he tries to find another quarterback. Now we haven't seen him find one in the draft; that's neither here nor there. But if I'm the Broncos, and I'm the Walton family. And I'm worth over $60 billion. There is not a price. Bill Barnwell and I talked about this on his podcast recently. And he, because he, I, I mentioned it, we were talking about Peyton, I think. And I pointed out, he, he wrote about this at Grantland a long time ago. If you want, if you, if you want to, there's no salary cap for coaches. You can, there's, it's a loophole in the NFL. If you believe you can find a truly elite coach that will take you to the next level, that will change where you are. That is not Nathaniel Hackett. You can go pay him whatever you want. And there's no stopping you from paying Sean Payton $30 million and trying to like change the culture of your franchise. So I like the move. I, I you know, it's expensive from the draft pick stuff. But who cares if they pay him? Like you pay Nathaniel Hackett $7 million a year or whatever it is. Like I'd rather pay Sean Payton $30 million a year, $35 million a year. And, and to that point real quick, Brenton, that's kind of the one thing in the NFL that separates the smaller markets from the bigger markets because the Cincinnati Bengals aren't going to ever pay a coach $30 million per year. The Cardinals aren't ever going to pay a coach $30 million. You know, these these teams just don't have deep enough pockets to do that. But that's where the Jerry Joneses, the Waltons of the world can really flex their muscle by saying, hey, look, man, here's a blank check. We want you that bad uh, that you come in here and – we need you. And I feel like Sean Payton going into Denver is almost similar to what happened with New Orleans, where when he got hired in 20 in 2006, they didn't know who their quarterback was going to be. They had Aaron Brooks as their starter in 2005. 
They signed Drew Brees, who uh, the Dolphins let him walk out the door. Nick Saban, the Dolphins said, nah, your shoulder's banged up. We don't think you're going to work. We're not sure your NFL career is going anywhere. And Sean Payton has an NFC title game his first year, wins the Super Bowl within four seasons. And so the similar situation here is that you have everyone saying, eh, Russell Wilson's done. He seems a little washed up. Sean Payton's walking in the door. And uh, if he is in a conference title game uh, within his first season at Denver, then just put him in the Hall of Fame now. And trying to think what the NFC was like in Tuesday. <laughs> Look and see what was I'm just trying to because the, the one hang up I would have about this, and I I was sort of this is my thought process too. Was like if Sean Payton truly wanted to coach Justin Herbert, and I mean I think I think we all can sort of we we've got enough rumors out there that that seems like it's true. Um, you know, if, if you believe in Justin Herbert that much, then you have to be worried about coaching in the same division as Justin Herbert especially if he got a, co- a coordinator in Kellen Moore, who, you know, we think is an upgrade over Joe Lombardi. At the same time, you have to be a little worried about coaching in the same division as Patrick Mahomes and possibly Tom Brady, depending on who replaces Derek Carr uh, in, in Las Vegas, assuming Derek Carr doesn't get injured in the Pro Bowl skills challenge and, and force the Raiders to keep him for another three years. Um, point being is like, Sean Payton's taken, like, like the, the that's what I mean about the 10-year contract part too you can't take this job expecting to like, guarantee you are going to win division titles in the next year, two years, three years, even if Russell Wilson's play increase, like improves dramatically because, and you could be in the mix for him. You just have a, you have a really tough division. It's like, the AFC West arms race is heating back up, apparently, this offseason. Well, it's the same thing we talked about last offseason, where we're like, okay, here we go. We got Herbert. We got Mahomes. We got Wilson. It was all about the quarterbacks at that point. And even, obviously, Derek Carr, now that he's reunited with Devontae Adams, there's still the potential for this to be the most competitive division in the NFL. It's just that Denver failed to meet those expectations this year with Nathaniel Hackett and Russell Wilson. There's all the chance in the world that Sean Payton revitalizes Russell Wilson and gets him back to playing like the Russell Wilson we saw in Seattle. And then you're talking about at least three legitimate playoff contenders, especially if Kellen Moore Moore figures things out with Justin Herbert and gets that track a little bit more running smoothly in Los Angeles. And worth noting, uh, I wanted to go back and look and see how the NFC South performed in 2005, so the year before Sean Payton came. Bucks and Panthers both 11-5. and I mean, good teams, really good teams. Uh, Falcons eight and eight, and the Saints three and thirteen. Flipped the very next year when Sean Payton showed up. So, you know, I don't think we're going to see the Chiefs in in charge. I mean, you know, like I think with Sean Payton, my whole thing about Russell Wilson and this Sean Payton stuff is that I was out on Russell Wilson, but if Sean Payton's going to be in on Russell Wilson, that really changes my mind because I, I'm a I'm a you know, again, Ryan Wilson will push back on it. I'm a big Sean Payton guy. I think he's one of the smartest offensive minds the last 20 years. If he's in on a quarterback, and look, he makes, you know, he's made some mistakes. He was, you know, in on Taysom Hill, obsessed with Taysom Hill. But, you know, if he's in on Russell Wilson, then I'm not going to be selling Russ quite as aggressively as I was before. Because if Sean Payton thinks he can fix Russ, I sort of trust Sean Payton in that regard. One of the things that I'm looking at, too, when you look at the big picture of this hiring is when you look at the Walton family, whenever an owner comes in, they always want to make that big move, right? They always want to kind of put their stamp on it when they first arrive to the scene. This is a very safe move for them in terms of that first big splash. They're not going out in free agency and signing somebody to a massive deal just to flex on all the other owners to say, hey, I'm here. 
This is a move where you're saying, okay, I'm establishing this quarter, this, this situation with Sean Payton as our head coach. We'll make our big splash this way. To me, that is something if you're a Denver Broncos fan, you can almost have a little bit of sigh of relief because you knew a big move was coming to some degree, whether it was a trade or in free agency. This is a little bit safer because they're not going to be attached to somebody in terms of salary caps and things don't work out. To me, this is a guy that can improve your ceiling immensely and it won't really necessarily like kill you like a bad free agent signing could have. Well, and, and you know, the other thing I will say as the guy who picked the Broncos to win the Super Bowl this year, you got to double uh, down next year, obviously. Well, I, I have to double down. I don't have a choice at this point because it, it really felt like the only thing, I mean, this team had a Super Bowl caliber defense that this team would have been blown out of every single game. If their, if their offense was so bad, there's no reason they should. I mean, they beat the 49ers 11 to 10 because their defense is so good. It was all about their defense, keeping them in games. And so you add Sean Payton to the mix, and and look, we can blame a lot of this on Nathaniel Hackett and Russell Wilson, but the Broncos dealt with a lot of injuries. I mean, Randy Gregory was injured, Javante Williams, uh, Tim Patrick, Garrett Bowles. I mean, that's your starting left tackle. And so when you're missing all of these guys due to injuries while trying to work in a new quarterback who was trying to figure out a new coach's offensive system, that's just destined for failure. So if the defense plays as well as it did this past season, and if Sean Payton can just squeeze anything out of Russell Wilson, I am not going to uh, fall on my face and say they can win the Super Bowl, but I will say that this team can absolutely contend for a playoff spot uh, if Sean Payton works his magic. Okay, so let's give out a grade for the hiring of Sean Payton in Denver. Breach is our resident uh, Denver homer. We can start with you. Yeah, I am going to give it uh, an A minus. I, I don't think it, you know it, it's not perfect. You're 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 putting all your eggs in the Sean Payton basket because you had to trade to get him. This isn't signing a coach off the street, and so there's part of this that says it could backfire. Uh, but I am mostly into this. And again, as the guy who was high on the Broncos this year, I think this was the one thing they were needing was a veteran leadership, a guy who has proven success in the NFL, a guy who has won a Super Bowl. Uh, and I expect the Broncos to be much, much better than they were this past season, which I guess isn't a huge prediction since they can't be much worse. Yeah, I give it an A just because you can't afford to mess it up again. You don't have the time in Russell Wilson's career. You don't have the time to figure things out with the first year head coach. You can't go down that road again like you did with Nathaniel Hackett. And so if you're not going to go down that road, what other options were you really left? What other veteran head coaches with prior experience that you felt confident in were really left on the market? And most of them, in my mind, and I'm just thinking off the top of my head, most of them feel like they're on the defensive side of the ball. And like Breach was saying, you're already kind of set there. The big issues with this team were on offense, and Peyton was the key to figuring this out, and, and obviously it remains to be seen, but he is going to give you your best shot to figure it out, to right the ship, and actually contend in the foreseeable future. I was going to give it an A+, but I'm going to go A- instead, and here's why. Um, the A- is based on the fact that the Broncos, again, were at a terrible spot, had, you know, had one of the worst performances, probably the most disappointing team in all of football in 2022, right? I mean... Clowns like Breach, sorry, people like Breach picked them to win the Super Bowl, and they were a disaster. They're giving away a top five pick because they traded for Russ. The Seahawks made the playoffs. Um, Nathaniel Hackett fired midseason. They couldn't even like let him ride it out. And you know, this new ownership group, I like the flex. I like the idea that you say 
there's a little bit too of like what David Tepper didn't do when he hired, when he paid Matt Rule a ton of money, which is he went out and he's saying, I am like the, the, the Walton family saying, we like, we don't know what we don't know. Let's use our insane familial wealth and just get the best coach available. Because this is, there's not going to be a better coach available for two or th- like that you know who's a proven winner, who you think can come in and fix the organization and bring in like is going to attract very high level assistant coaches, is going to probably be able to bring Jeff Ireland with him. Um, and I would assume George Payton is probably, uh, and we'll get to winners and losers in a brief second. But like I, the only issue for me is that you ended up having to trade the first round pick you got in the Chubb trade. Which is great because you get Sean Payton, but man, don't you think they wish they had Bradley Chubb on that defense? There's just a, like it, it was an expensive cost to get him from New Orleans. I don't care how much it costs to pay him to do it. I'm a Sean Payton stan, and I give it an A minus. Only docked because of the cost that you had to send to New Orleans, and you know it's just like at this point, can Sean Payton make it work immediately? It's entirely possible, but because of because you you know you give away all these first round picks for Russ. And now Sean Payton, you were just you're just losing some blue chip, some potential blue chip players. Uh, I will start off winners and losers and say that a loser here is George Payton, the current GM. I don't think he's getting fired like immediately. He could, but man, when you give Sean Payton thirty million dollars, Sean Payton is not reporting to George Payton, and George Payton traded for Russ, which I guess could be a saving grace for him with. Sean Payton, because that's part of the reason Payton was attracted to the job. But if Sean Payton doesn't want him to work there, he's not going to be working there. And I would guess that after this 2023 season, that Jeff Ireland becomes the full-time GM in Denver, if I had to guess, if not sooner. Sully, do you have a winner or loser? I'll go with loser, and I'll go with the Dallas Cowboys and the Los Angeles Chargers, because I think that in a year from now, they're going to figure out that both of the head coaches that they have currently running their operations are not going to be the guys that they should be centering their franchises around. I think you could probably have said that about Staley this year. And a little bit harder to get rid of Mike McCarthy this year, obviously after making the playoffs and going and winning a playoff game. But I don't think that either one of these guys holds a candle to Sean Payton. He wanted to go to either one of those franchises. And if we think he's going to turn around what was a dumpster fire with the Broncos, both of those teams made the playoffs. What could he have done with them? So I think they're going to be looking back and kicking themselves a couple of years from now. Uh, I am going to say winner is Sean Payton uh, because I feel like this, he is in a win-win situation. So you're walking in there. Everyone who watched Russell Wilson play thinks he's absolutely lost his fastball. Well, guess what? If Payton can't fix him, Payton has the power to move on from him after not, not, you know, the Broncos, the contract, but next summer in 2024, if Peyton thinks, hey, I can't fix him, he'll bring in another quarterback. Nathaniel Hackett, a first-year coach, cannot say, I'm going to bench Russell Wilson because Russell Wilson's the top guy in the totem pole. And kind of to Brinson's general manager statement, if Sean Payton, I think, runs, spends an entire year of Russell Wilson and just, hey, we reached your ceiling already, man. You reach it in 2017. You're done. I think Sean Payton would bring in someone else after, you know, seeing this for a full season. So, and then if he does fix Russell Wilson and this team's a playoff contender or a Super Bowl contender, then uh, Sean Payton is a miracle worker. So he's not going to get the blame because it will fall on Russell Wilson if this offense doesn't turn around, Uh, but he will definitely get the credit if the offense turns around. So if I'm Sean Payton, I certainly like this situation. That could agree. Yeah. Couldn't agree with you more. Um, Interesting note here, just at the end of it, uh, from Ian Rappaport at Rap Sheet on Twitter. 
Unbelievable, Colin. The Broncos spent today trying to hire D'Amico Ryans again before he recommitted to the Texans. We'll get to that in just a second. On the same pod, you won't have to go anywhere. Sources say when he agreed to terms with the Texans, they moved and finalized Sean Payton. Uh, I don't know. Who does that make a... Uh, okay, can I, can I say Sean Payton? Yeah. <laughs> no, <I'm> just, <laughs> like, how do you feel now if you're Sean Payton reading that tweet? Oh, I was your second option, and I was so much your second option that you called up the girl who said no to you to prom five minutes before prom just to see if she would still go with you, even though you had me waiting. Uh, I would would (laughs) be a little bit bothered if I saw this and I was Sean Payton. I would say though, that um, at least with that, you know, you could say, Hey, look, we really like, we really want Sean Payton, but he's going to be $30 million a year or $25 million a year, whatever it is he's going to cost. And we know we have to give up some, we, we, they've already probably already talked with the saints about what they have to give up. So, if you think D'Amico Ryans is going to be a great head coach and you like, I could see the cost of D'Amico Ryans being like, I could see anybody, even a rich, you know, just because of the first round pick thinking like, okay, maybe, maybe we'd prefer the cost like D'Amico Ryans at just the cost of a first year head coach contract versus Sean Payton at the cost of, you know, acquiring him from the, from the saints and uh, grab, you know, paying him the exorbitant amount of money that he will be getting paid. Right. I don't think that anybody's going to be, you know, really crying for the for the Walton family if they have to spend more money. But they're also paying Nathaniel Hackett, too. So that is also part of this equation, right? Like, they're not only going to spend a boatload of money for Sean Payton and obviously give up those draft assets, but you're paying for two head coaches now, for Nathaniel Hackett to not coach your team, and now for Sean Payton to fix all of the issues that Hackett, you know, displayed over the course of the year. Yeah. I mean, it's, so it's Sean not- Payton's first move is going to be uh, trading for Taysom Hill, right? Yeah, he's a his, his favorite player in NFL history. Uh, and the one thing I will say uh, about so by the way, by the way, by the way, uh, this is a, a weird spot. The GM and the head coach are both named Peyton now, but spelled differently. It's, it's very, the, very lemon media report sale, whatever that is. Um, anyway, do you guys want you got anything else on uh? On Sean Payton? I forgot what I was going to say. I mean, if we're talking about a winner, let's just talk about the obvious one. Russell Wilson. Oh, good point. I mean, yes, I agree. I point. mean, he is coming off an embarrassing year, not just a bad year, an embarrassing year. He was, you know, we just did a meme show that's going to be in the feed here as well. We could have used the Broncos country, let's ride meme all season long, making fun of the Denver Broncos because they just absolutely fell on their face and a lot of it was due to the poor play of Wilson. He had the lowest completion percentage of his career. I believe it was the lowest passer rating of his career. He did not look like the Russell Wilson that was contending for Super Bowls, winning a Super Bowl at all. We all thought that this team was going to be somebody that legitimately contends for a championship against Patrick Mahomes in the AFC West and Justin Herbert, and it just didn't happen. So now you're getting a guy that has a history with Drew Brees and has a history of winning Super Bowls and being one of the better offensive minds. If anybody can fix you, it's going to be this guy. I would love if Sean Payton uh, ends his first Broncos press conference by saying, Broncos Broncos country, let's ride. (laughs) Be amazing. Yeah, that would be great. All right, let's uh, pivot a little bit into D'Amico Ryan's. I mean, I guess that this was uh, like correlated in the sense of the Broncos were desperately trying to get D'Amico Ryan's. He said no. They're like, all right, let's go get. Oh, I'll tell you what, we'll take a break and then we'll talk about D'Amico Ryan's. How about that? D'Amico Ryan's hired by the Texans coming up next after the break. Robert Half Research indicates nine out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, 
chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. So, yeah, I mean, like, I don't know if, I don't know if like, correlated is the word here, but, you know, the Texans were desperately trying to get Demeka Ryans. Or the, the, Bron- excuse me, the Broncos were desperately trying to get Demeka Ryans, if you believe the report. No dice. So instead, they end up, uh, you know, going after Sean Payton. That news breaks. And then presumably, you know, we have a situation where Demeka Ryans has told the has told the Broncos no, and then is telling the Texans yes, and those two um, those two teams are going through the process of getting the information out and sort of you know like leaking it out through the media, which is just how just how it works. Um, let's I guess I mean is Demeka Ryan's taking this job the great hire by the Texans because he was the coveted guy outside of the Sean Payton you know, the Sean Payton sweepstakes. And, and, and I, again, like, I, yeah, I thought Sean Payton was going back to broadcasting. Um, but D'Amico Ryan's highly coveted, the San Francisco defensive coordinator. He's been getting the Robert Sala treatment for most of the year where they cut to him on the sidelines, a uh, little bit more calm, former uh, Texans player. I think that's probably the connection here is he just, he, he's got the roots in Houston, right? I mean, is, is it as simple as that, Sully? Well, it was interesting because JJ reported earlier this week or a couple of days ago that there was, you know, maybe some question by the Texans ownership there. D'Amico Ryans would even want to be the head coach because if you remember when he was a player, he did sue the NFL and the Texans and NRG Stadium for the field conditions there. And JJ reported that that wasn't the case. Ryans looked at the Texans job as his number one choice. So this is a great pairing. Obviously, there's the history there. But if you're Ryan's, yeah, you you know, maybe you go to a place like Denver where there's a little bit more established. But I like the idea that it's a little bit more of a blank slate. And it's a team that maybe doesn't have the expectations right out of the gate that, say, a Denver does. I mean, we, we look at that team now with Sean Payton to say they should be contending for a playoff spot. The Texans, it's a little bit more of a slow burn. You have the number two overall pick. You have the number 12 overall pick that you got from Cleveland in the Deshaun Watson trade. You're going to build this thing up, obviously first trying to find a quarterback. But for a first-year head coach like D'Amico Ryans, this is a scenario where you can kind of take a step back. You don't have the pressure of winning right away. Build the foundation in 2023 and then move forward. It's not like Denver where you have to contend immediately. It's not like Arizona where you have to contend immediately because you have quarterbacks like Wilson and Kyler Murray. I like this spot for him. Yeah, and, and you know, uh, to Tyler Sparner real quick on the lawsuit, that was settled in 2016. Uh, so, I, you know, that feels like water under the bridge or something seven years ago. I'm sure he wasn't even thinking about it. And one thing is that just because he played for the Texans, it's easy to forget that he was good. He was rookie of the year in 2006, and he spent the first six seasons of his career in Houston. He was a beloved player. And so, obviously, you have the same ownership group. Uh, still in charge of the team. And so I absolutely think that plays a factor. And one thing, if I'm taking the job, if I'm D'Amico Ryans and my options are Houston or Denver, I'm taking the Houston job. And, I, I you know, my, my big reason is if you go to Denver and you fail in your first season, this is kind of what I was saying with Sean Payton, is that that's going to fall on you and you're a first-year coach and people are going to say you couldn't handle it. You're going to get Nathaniel Hackett out of there. 
But if that happens to Sean Payton, Sean Payton can say, no, it's Russell Wilson's fault. I'm going to get another quarterback. So D'Amico Ryans wouldn't have that power. And so then you're also in a much tougher division with the AFC West. And in the, the AFC South, this guy could build a contender. I mean, you're talking about you're, you're got to be a nine and eight Jacksonville team. That is the, the target right now. The, the Titans are kind of figuring out their identity and, and how to go forward. The Colts have they don't even have a head coach yet. So I think if I'm Ryan's, I feel pretty good. As Sully mentioned, they have two picks in the top 12. You can get a quick rebuild. And the one thing you need is a franchise quarterback. So that's going to be the, the, all eyes on that now. But if I'm Ryan's, uh, I, I feel really good about where I'm at and my chances of winning this division within my first three years on the job. Wow. That's, that's really right. bold. That's a bold take. Three years. I don't think it's crazy. Um, I'm trying to sort of think what my, my issue with the Texans and it's not, I mean, look, I think D'Amico Ryan's, you look at the job he's done with this defense um, and they were good under Rob, really good under Robert Sala, but they maintain, like there was a, you know, Sala leaves and it's, it's, it, it's not like he's just winning with Sala's players. You know, this is, this is a defense that has a lot of really good players, but he's getting the most out of them there. They like, it, there's just, you watch them play and you can tell that there is a very D'Amico Ryan's ish level of play from them. Houston, he, where he played, I think, uh, Sorry, how many years did he play in Houston? What was it? I don't I think he made the I don't think he was an all-pro, but no, he made the Pro Bowl there. He was he was there. So he was drafted by Houston um in the second round, 33rd overall, 2006 NFL draft. Oh, won the defensive rookie of the year. What am I talking about? He was first team all-pro and was there for six seasons before he played in Philly for the final four seasons of his career, and then leaving to get into coaching and has risen up very quickly. I mean. I mean, this is a quick ascension for him to a head coaching position, uh, but it shouldn't be that surprising because of the job that he's done, um, you know, as a, as a coach in, you know, in, in, and also like San Francisco just fires out assistant coaches that become head coaching head coaches. I mean, it's crazy how many guys are either coordinators or head coaches around the league that were in San Francisco. I think, um, you know, Houston would presumably have more patience with D'Amico Ryans because he played there because they drafted him. Cause I mean, like even if Cal McNair, you know, wasn't doing a whole lot of work in 2006 and, you know, when, and, and through like 2011 or 2011, yeah. When D'Amico Ryans was there, he was still around the building. He still knows him. He's a guy who's a prominent figure in those Texans teams, uh, went to two pro bowls. And so I think because of that, you're going to give him like, if you're D'Amico Ryans, you feel like one, I want to go turn around the team where I started my NFL career. Two, I'm going to get some leeway here. And then three, because of, as Breach pointed out, you don't have the Russell Wilson pressure there. You know, you can, you have time to go find a quarterback. You can get one with the second overall pick. You can take it. You can take, there's some, it wouldn't be crazy to take two defensive players in this draft either with those two top 10 picks. If you believe that that's what, like, that's how you can get to where you want to be with D'Amico Ryans. Um, so, Let's grade the trade. Sully, what uh, grade would you like, or grade the uh, grade the hire of D'Amico Ryans? What grade would you like to give it? I give it an A. And I'm right there with you, Will. I do think that you could take two, you know, defensive players and I don't know, maybe even contend right away with Derek Carr or something. You know, in that division, you can have a lot of moves there. You bring in Jimmy Garoppolo or whatever you want. I mean, like, 
you are not that many steps away because of the division that you're in from contending. I would consider more of a slow burn. But to your point, too, in terms of the leeway, you were talking about an organization that fired head coaches the last two years after just one year. This feels like there's going to be more stability here. Schefter is reporting that it's a six-year deal. I think that that's a long time for a first-year head coach. Typically, it's like a four-year contract, right? So, like, they're telling us it's a six-year deal. We're bringing this guy to build something for the long haul. We have two first-round draft picks. Even our second-round pick in other drafts would be the first pick in the second round, 33rd overall. They are building something for the long haul. They're going to have patience. It's going to be a slow burn, but I think that this is an organization heading in the right direction with D'Amico Ryans. I give it an A. Yeah, I give it a just because I feel like this is the first time in five years that the Texans have made a smart decision about anything. I mean, this team has been so dysfunctional. Uh, it, it just ever since they led the Chiefs 24 to nothing in that divisional playoff game, they have gone straight downhill since then, whether it's been Bill O'Brien, Deshaun Watson. Uh, and, and, you know, you look at those coaches that, you know, after they fired Bill O'Brien and Romeo Cornell took over and then David Cauley for one year, then Lovey Smith for one year. And Smith and Cauley really felt like placeholders. I almost felt bad for them taking the job because it was like they're, they're, you're set up for failure. There is no way you're winning more than five games with the roster you have. And it does feel like Ryan's is finally that guy that is going to be given a chance. If he goes four and 13 next season, he's not going to lose his job. This is a guy that, you know, Sully mentioned the six-year contract. He's going to get at least four years. I mean, we see guys get fired. Matt Rule signed a six-year contract. He didn't last very long, but this is not that situation. Uh, so, and again, like we've been saying, the AFC South is wide open. He's going to have time to build a winner. And, uh, you know, defense wins championships. You got a defensive coordinator in there. Now we just got to see who he's going to bring on his coaching staff because he is going to need a smart offensive mind. Uh, to handle that side of the ball. And and then you got Nick Casero as the general manager uh, building the Patriot way. So this is, it, it just feels like a good combo all around for once in Houston. Yeah, I'll give it a, I'll give it an A. I mean, I think, and by the way, uh, Billy, tell us about that tweet I sent you. So Adam Schefter, little, little ESPN and NFL media crime. I love it. Tweets out, timing of today's two hires was completely coincidental. Broncos were zeroed in on Sean Payton and didn't make any contact this week with D'Amico Ryans or his agent. Then we're focused on Payton and Houston on Ryans. Um, Wait, and mind you, just in case anybody skipped through the Sean Payton part, we literally have a tweet uh, that uh, Rap Sheet sent out a mere 13 minutes before that that said the Broncos spent the entire day trying to hire D'Amico Ryans and only pulled the trigger on the Sean Payton trade uh, after Ryans committed to the Texans. If one wanted to speculate wildly on this, one could note that early in his career, Adam Schefter covered the Broncos, and early in his career, Ian Rappaport covered the Patriots, where Nick Casario worked. I'm just saying, if if one wanted to speculate wildly on that, um, I think that Schefter's, uh, Schefter's Broncos information is usually pretty strong. It, it is. It doesn't make a whole lot of sense that the – I mean, I know we kind of ran with it, but it's like it doesn't make a whole lot of sense that the Broncos were – but do you think Sean Payton's like, oh, yeah, sure. Just let me know what happens with Tamika Ryans and you're going to. Well, how does this keep happening with the Broncos if it's all coincidence? Remember the Aaron Rodgers thing? Once five minutes after he signed his new contract with the Packers, the Broncos had a deal for Russell Wilson. And nice. everyone was like, oh, they oh, that, that was their backup options. Kind of the same. So it's just all coincidental. I, it's a little crazy. Yeah, it's like it's like, you know, you, you, you go to a store to eat some vanilla ice cream and. 
they're out of. I don't. I don't know. What the, I don't know what the, the analogy I'm going with here. But the point being is, I give it an A. I think whether or not that whether or not they were in competition with the Broncos for D'Amico Ryan's, the fact that they got, I mean, the same reason you give the Sean Payton a good hire is they got the biggest the biggest guy in the whole cycle. The 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 Texans who are have fired a coach in back to back years for like a one a single year a, a black coaches in back to back years. I mean, I'd be a little hesitant. Whether I was a white coach, black coach, whatever coach you are, I'd be a little hesitant to roll into Houston and assume that you're going to get runway. But they they still convinced, arguably the best, um, the best. Uh, I mean, you could say best candidate or at least best like coordinator style candidate, a young coach, a highly respected coach, a highly coveted coach, to come to Houston where they don't have a quarterback, they do have assets. Um, you know, you've got some changeover and in, in, you have some questions about ownership and you have some changeover in the front office. Like to convince D'Amico Ryan to come back, I, I don't know, pretty strong. I would guess that he's got some pretty good, um, I won't say run of things, but I would guess that he's got some some leeway and some control there. We and I'll be curious to see too, Jack, e- Jack Easterby's gone too. I mean, he was kind of a, a puppet master of that organization for a while. He was, he was gone yeah. now, so I it would, really I is would, more traditional. Yeah, I mean, look, you don't have to, you know, you have to cape up for Nick Casario. Uh, <laughs> I know, I agree. I think that, um, ooh, could J.J. Watt go back and be a, God, J.J. Watt is assistant coach with D'Amico Ryans. There's a uh, picture here where, if you're watching on YouTube, you can see where J.J. Watt tweeted out a picture of he and D'Amico Ryans on that Texans defense. Man, the Texans were good for a while, too, with him. I, I don't know. I, li- I like the hire. I think it's two, I think it's two really good hires. I actually think all three hires so far this cycle have been really good. It's partially because of sort of the process they went through and the candidates available and the jobs available. Very impressed. Um, Look forward to the list that are put out about these various, uh, uh, these various hires because inevitably it's going to be like three A or like three A's one like C plus and then a a giant F minus for Jeff Saturday. All right. Um, I think I actually got to go to HQ. So That'll do it for us. Oh, well, winners and losers, really quickly. Sorry, winners, uh, winners and losers. I'll say, a, um, I'll say the Texans are a winner, as I mentioned, for for being able to pull D'Amico Ryan's. Even though he played there, I think it's still a surprising pull, uh, given everything we know um, about the Texans and sort of where they're at. I'll go with the San Francisco 49ers. They lose their defensive coordinator and maybe more assistance because typically they take guys off that staff. I'll go with every other team in the AFC South being a loser because I think uh, the Texans are going to be much better. Usually, if you're Jacksonville or Tennessee, you're thinking, oh, we just walk over the Colts and Texans, uh, but not so much anymore. It's going to be completely competitive division now. Uh, It's going to be a lot stronger from top to bottom, I think, with D'Amico Ryan and Houston. Agreed. All right, Broncos and Texans both got better on Tuesday, and we broke it all down for you as, as we patented in the emergency podcast style. First done here at the Pixies Podcast. For Breach, for Sully, I'm Brinson. Thanks for watching. Thanks for listening. We'll see you guys later.